I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ross and me, Mark. Oh, sorry. Uh, having some water. <laughs> <laughs> Treat, oh, how the other half live. <laughs> having a bit of water. Us sitting here recording this, what you don't see, listeners, <laughs> is that sometimes we'll have a drink of water. I know. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, right. Wrestle me, Pete. Wrestle me, Mark. Wonderful news. Don't we sound lovely? And, and refreshed. Refreshed. Delightful. <laughs> do you know what's funny? Uh, I mean, I keep on thinking to myself, you know, like when we do this, I, mm. I sort of go, I'm, I, I'm super aware that the end of Wrestle Me, you know, in one form mm. is, is you know, it's on the horizon. Yeah. We can certainly see it. I mean, mm. people will say, oh, you're just doing this to pad it out. Nothing yeah. is pad it out. We're actually making excellent content. <laughs> <laughs> but I sort of do think to myself, oh, I've slightly sort of, you know, am I a bit wrestled out? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I watched this, for example, Wrestle, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 11, mm. it really, really reminded me about, how I'm a bit wrestled out of stuff that I don't want to watch. This, I watched and I was like, I am wrestled in. In, again, yeah. I actually want to watch this. This would be a choice I would make. I have noticed recently, Mm. and I've talked about this before in in the little newsletter we do on Patreon, but there were a few weeks ago I was saying, look, it's really difficult to find any good wrestling merch at the minute because everyone seems to have just gone, wrestling is really, really worth a lot of money. So right. all the stuff I like from the '90s and you know any mm. anything from from sort of you know before then the '80s, everything was just like everything started at thirty quid. This is like um, the Berkhamsted, um everything Berkhamsted marketplace on mm. Facebook. They think that a a mobile phone cover for a mobile phone that doesn't exist anymore yeah. from 10 years ago is worth five pounds. Yeah, let me tell you, Berkhamsted, it's fucking not. <laughs> it's not. But, ridiculous. Look, I, I mean, I th- I thought to myself, you know, it's a shame because you know I'm I, I sort of that sort of makes me ebb a bit in my thrill of wrestling. <laughs> but I tell you what, Pete, in the last month or so, I've been back on eBay looking around. I just click on wrestling memorabilia, clicky click, you know, yeah. the whole thing. I like I like to see a spread of stuff. Yeah, I don't know what I want. I'll, I'll only yeah. know when I see it. I uh, almost bought some J League batteries. <laughs> batteries. Every club in the J League one nice. from two years ago had a battery. But you buy that and you sort of go, they're going to leak eventually. Yeah, that's the problem. They're they're finite. It's a bit like buying food, you know. (laughs) I I was sad the day that I ate all of my WWF Superstars uh, 1991 (laughs) cereal. Because I remember thinking, it'd be great if this was just complete. Yes. But I ate it. You ate it I ate it and I think that was the right decision to make. Was it delicious? Oh, it was so nice. It was so delicious. What John Cena ate it. What was was Britain's biggest cereal? Like Cocoa Pops. That was the most extravagant Mm. one you could get. 
Go and get a Lucky Charms. A Lucky Charms for a bit and then imported. they Imported. I think they were yeah. made by Perina, who also make cat nibbles. <laughs> and you know how exciting cats go for yeah. cat nibbles? Oh, they love them. These were the same. They were so sweet and right. tasty. Nice. Oh, amazing. I do regret eating them now because I think that would have been a great one-off when we were bored would be for us <laughs> to eat some wintage wrestling cereal. It'll be like cereal. those men who eat old rations. But the rations are designed to last a long time. Yeah. Cereal isn't. No, that's true. Mm. The last couple of, I'd say, three weeks mm. uh, on eBay for wrestling stuff, everyone is getting rid of it. And the people who are getting rid of it are the people who have got great collections <laughs> oh, of like rare stuff. I mean, you are very much um, uh, kind of captivated by other people's misery, clearly, oh, on this. Because people are losing their jobs very much so and you are hoovering all that good stuff hoovering up good stuff Pete or helping them helping them pay their mortgages you're very much the Marcus Rashford of uh, (laughs) wrestling uh, wrestling memorabilia memorabilia. yeah Yeah, yeah, I am I mean you know am I feeding hungry kids if the people I buy a no holds barred original cinema poster (laughs) off have got kids that they need to feed then yes yes I am Pete you've seen the lady yes I am (laughs) (laughs) I um, I, I bought some stuff off um, I I won't name him because it's not fair but he's a very very respected British rest- wrestling historian. Right. If you know anything about British wrestling, you'll know. Exactly There's only one. Right, okay. uh, but I noticed he put some stuff up the other day. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. Um, he put up some, you know, really, really hard to find mm. original like 80s figures and stuff in their packaging. Mm. Not for me. Didn't buy it in a, didn't buy in a garage sale, a big, big no, bag full of 50 no. of them. That they, 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 you know, they're 200 quid, things like that go mm. for and everything. All very nice. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I don't know, I paid 200 quid. No. But I did buy... Uh, a brilliant handheld WrestleMania game from 1989. Oh, those, Little, those LED, LCD ones. That's right, yeah. Wonderful. yeah. One that I didn't have sort of came out slightly before Sky got behind wrestling in this country. Right. So you didn't get that here. Yes. You didn't make it over here. Mm. Like, oh, wow, Lovely. Uh, a Rowdy Roddy Piper original single, uh, I'm Your Man. Nice. Pick that up. They um, keep on suggesting Rowdy Roddy Piper films to me on like, IMDb. <laughs> Every time I Google for anything, they'll suggest, do you want to watch a Roddy Roddy Piper? Do you want to watch his last role in a shitty horror film that nobody watched? <laughs> there is definitely something we should do about watching some of those uh, yes. terrible we starting done it with this money plane <laughs> yeah. starting with fucking money plane I know, I, uh, quite a lot of people I know now are obsessed with money plane yes. mm, edge big starring role come on can only be good because Frazier is the big money playing guy. He yeah, he's a, the, he's a, the an villain. awful speech. Yeah. It, went, it went so well for Edge that he immediately returned to the WWE <laughs> just as that came out. I can only imagine that's an <laughs> indication of its quality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, all I'm saying is, look, if you're out there and you're like, oh, you know, I've got an amazing wrestling collection. Mm. I, I want to sell it for pennies. Mm. Do get in touch. Just get in touch. Go on eBay. Short I'll find it on eBay. <laughs> oh, I don't want that guy to have it. He does that podcast. He's sort of full of himself about the merch and everything. <laughs> I'll just put it on eBay. I'll yeah, find I'll it. Find it, oh, yeah. I'll find, find it. it. Yeah, yeah. Who, who's going to bid more than me? No one, because I am willing to go for for objects that I reckon are worth probably about ten quid. I easily go sixteen, <laughs> just for the convenience, Pete. Of having, the convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, uh, my wife doesn't know about any of this. Um, <laughs> she, 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 he wouldn't listen to the third show. Oh, this is the fourth show. It's the fourth show of yeah. the New Japan show. Pete, she doesn't even listen to the Strictly Come Dancing podcast I do. And I, I only did that because it was continually on in our house and I thought I could make some money out of this. Yeah. Um, she does not even listen to that one. Oh, the, really? I didn't even know that existed. Day. Why is this, why is this uh, podcast? Curse of Strictly. Oh. It's Britain's, Britain's most popular unofficial um, Strictly Come Dancing podcast. The no other ones have all stopped because, <laughs> I mean, the figures are... Negligible, <laughs> paltry. Uh, they are paltry, very paltry. Um, <laughs> the other day, uh, Liz said to me, what, who, "Who is that at the door?" And you know, you, you know, it's going to. It be was Clara Amphor. <laughs> she had a problem with something you said. Yeah, I, uh, I said, I said, ah, the postman. And she mm. went, "What was it?" 
And I said, a present for you for the future. TSB card. TSB card. <laughs> a bank that has not existed she for said, a while, surely. Why did you have to, why, what, what did you do? I said, I had to sign for it. And she went, a card from, T-. I said, like a credit card. She yeah. was like, oh, right, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So why do you need a credit card? Are you buying more wrestling figures? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a card for the TSB. It was the DDP. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 12-inch Sting figure. Yeah. <laughs> I ah. won. <laughs> What's that on your trousers? Ignore it. <laughs> Let us get to something <laughs> far more adult and grown up. Yeah. Um, Japanese wrestling. Yes. Um, we are going through Wrestle Kingdom 11 mm. from uh, 2017. Very much Japanese WrestleMania, mm. but better than American <laughs> WrestleMania. Um, we are now on the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Kushida and Hiromu Takahashi. Um, I have a, a vague feeling that Hiromu Takahashi is now one of your favourite wrestlers ever. Um, let me just uh, skip. To- yes. Well, uh, no, hang on. Uh, which one? He is the time bomb. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi, reddish oh, hair. Yes, no. I look. Um, I I loved. There was loads of bicycle kicks. There was. This is where this started to get really good for me. But it's actually Kushida that I was obsessed with. Good because he was dressed like Marty McFly. He is. and he continues. I googled him, and he's continued to dress like Marty McFly. What's that about then? Well, he was in a, a tag team called uh, the Time Splitters with a guy called Alex Shelley. Oh, like the video game Time Splitters. Yeah, nice. and they had a sort of a futuristic mm. uh, gimmick where I think he got into. Back to the Future. I think if you're like Japanese, when you watch something like Back to the Future, mm. I never know whether it's like, oh yeah, it's mainstream in the same way it would be in Britain, or whether you go, it's like an art house film. I've, I went to see. <laughs> this, this is absolutely true. I, uh, uh, I was in France and uh, I went to see uh, Avengers Endgame. Right. No, Thor Ragnarok. Right. I went to see at the cinema. Yeah. And so every Wednesday night they have a uh, uh, a screening of the film in its original form. And what is the what is the original form of Thor Ragnarok? It's in English. Oh right, and it has French subtitles okay. underneath yeah. it. So like when people are like, I'm really into foreign films, yeah. uh, subtitled foreign films. If you're French, that is Thor Ragnarok, right? <laughs> and so I was speaking to a guy, and I said, I said, oh, you know, is it easy to follow? Because yeah. it's like there's a lot of sort of jokes and lingo yeah. and stuff like that. And he was like, no, he says, I, you know, I find it um it's very good um for my for my my, my learning English. Uh, I understand a bit of it, he said, but I, I can always look at the, the subtitles mm. like that. And I was like, some of the subtitles were literally like the Hulk going, <laughs> but if you're Japanese, something like Back to the Future, it might seem like <laughs> it's a great art house movie. Yeah. It's about the, the duality of, you know, past and present. And mm. like, no, it's just Martin McFly. But he's sort of dressed like that. And I wonder if it seems like a really sort of, what an educated young man. <laughs> well, in the third one, he is uh, fired by a Japanese man, I seem to recall, Martin Fly's dad. They I didn't. They, they did, did not did release not the third in. one in Japan. No, no, very flying negative. Flying train. <laughs> flying Shinkansen. Um, Kushida is, is fantastic. He is, he mm. is a beloved wrestler. One right. of those guys who I can't think whether or not he's ever had to run as a heel. He's got such a friendly face. Yeah. Just and, and really, a lovely really body warmer. Oh, <laughs> a great body warmer. He is, he is a, a... He's got LA Lights LED shoe which is enjoyable he does light up shoes he looks great in this actually yeah. I think he's underestimated but he's he, he's been around for quite a long time mm. um, in New Japan he started off weirdly in MMA and he had an amazing oh, record no, he was he's unbeaten lovely for MMA six surely. wins uh, two draws and no losses I find that very surprising Mark really is I think he's young enough that his face was soft <laughs> his bones hadn't solidified <laughs> he was able to you know bounce back from it while he was in MMA he also worked for Tokyo Sports Magazine right. which is it, it, again, it's sort of hard to explain how important 
the publications are in Japan when it comes mm. to sports. So the, I think they're, they are the longest running now weekly wrestling uh, magazine, mm. uh, which is called, uh, there's Gong and there's Weekly Pro Wrestling. Mm. Two magazines, wrestling magazines do not exist in the rest of the world anymore. Yeah. They've all disappeared. Yeah. And in Japan, they still go. Yeah, the Pepitrid still does a, does a, you still see them in shops. Yeah. Working for Tokyo Sports <laughs> would be like working for, I mean, it's hard to give an equivalent. It's like working for the BBC, only mm. it's a magazine form. So he's doing MMA, working for Tokyo Sports Magazine. He was also at university. So It's a work ethic, isn't it? Yeah, he's a bit asker in that respect, <laughs> where you sort of go, you've got a lot of strings to your yeah. bow. And oddly, I think Good those on. sort of things make you a better wrestler. Right. Having options <laughs> in any job gives you more sort of like, well, I can always walk away from this and do that. Yeah. I think it does sort of mean that you're there because you want to be rather than, you know, there are no other options. Yeah. He's been with New Japan full time since about 2011. And he's just a perennial high level baby face, high level junior wrestler. Mm. He'd held the IWGP championship on numerous occasions. He held the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team title on numerous occasions, especially with that time splitters. That is sort of his iconic tag team time um, splits is such a good I didn't even think like just two guys I guess playing a kind of was the other one a bit Doc Brown no, yeah it, oh no no he's no. almost almost the same right there is that thing about New Japan that is in, in a gimmick is enough to have a name and a jazzy top they do not <laughs> let you do anymore yeah no if you were like I go back in they'd be like please leave <laughs> you know <laughs> with all due respect well we do see a very shoehorned uh, well, no, you would say you wouldn't say it was shoehorned but like a gimmick that comes out of nowhere for Kenny Omega later on. Yes, yeah, very much <laughs> Le- so. Less obtrusive than the one we've seen in WrestleMania of Terminator quite recently. Yes, yeah, say, it's, but... it's funny how everyone was obsessed with the with Terminator, Terminator at this point. Yeah, it's really odd. Weird. Um, it's important to say, I think, at this point that nobody in the history of wrestling has ever done junior heavyweight matches as well as New Japan. Mm. And they do them so well because they, they make them so important. And when I say so important, they don't just go, these are as good yeah. as, the, uh, as the big boy matches. They just go, this is something entirely unique. These people are at the top of the thing that they do. There's less comparison. They were always very good about not putting the light heavyweights in with the heavyweights. They don't want to make them look bad. They don't want to, you know, have the heavyweights always win. So these guys, you're looking at guys who are good, but, you know, they they can't hack it in the real world. Mm. They keep them quite separate. And what you get is this, again, another strand of pro wrestling developing that is just completely unique. This match is a perfect example of that where you've got Kushida, who is this brilliant babyface, going up against the young and brash Hiromu Takahashi. The funny thing about that is in Japan, young and brash is like, you are the baddest boy in the history of the world. <laughs> if you occasionally show a bit of disrespect, mm. they are like, this guy is out of control and wild. There was a guy who was arrested this week in, uh, I think, Tokyo. He was, uh, there's a new road rage law that came out uh, under lockdown and um you can now uh, arrest people on bikes if they go absolutely crazy really uh, and this guy his he would just ride down the street and then he'd sort of veer into the path of other cars and then at the last minute check himself yeah risky risky yeah. little game yeah uh, but that guy he was bad boy <laughs> he yeah. was a real loopy bad boy a real bad boy real bad boy uh, hiromu takashi he de- debuts in uh, new japan in 2010 mm. Um, he he wrestles under his his real name and which is which is uh, Hiromi Takahashi. He, mm. He's going to change it in a bit. Right, the, I haven't just put that in <laughs> like that, that. That's where it stops. <laughs> he goes to Mexico in 2014 uh, to CMLL and he basically takes on. He has a mask and he takes on the persona called um, Akaimatashi, and that's a Japanese supernatural demon's name. Yeah. 
And what he does there is he has a feud with another masked wrestler called Dragon Lee. And that puts them on the map. People begin going, though, these two guys in Mexico are having the most unbelievable rivalry. And their match is absolutely unbelievable. Mm. He returns to New Japan in late 2015 under the name Hiromi Takahashi. And he was a huge, huge star compared to when he'd left. Again and again, when you look at New Japan, what they do is they go to, they have people in there for a short while and they go, you know what you need? You're going to be a big star. So what we need to do is get rid of you. You need to go somewhere else and learn, season yourself, learn a new skill, mm. learn a new way of wrestling. Yeah. And what it does is it takes them out of the picture for two years so that when they come back, they're fresh. They did that with Jushin Liger. Jushin Liger went off to, to Britain. They do it with Hiromi Takahashi. He goes off to Mexico. They do it with Akada. He goes to America to learn. You know, They do it with everyone that right. they've got. And if they think you're going to be a big star, they basically kick you out. <laughs> when Hiromi Takashi comes back, he's in some ways the best example of this because he nobody had really noticed he was he was there the first time. Mm. He goes, he makes a name for himself. By the time he comes back, he's a huge star. And what they have is nothing but fresh matches to do. So he comes back here and he's up against this perennial babyface in Kushida. And this match is it's just phenomenal. It's mm. just phenomenal. It's so well delivered. There's such a good sort of like back and forth on it. The moves are unbelievable. <laughs> There's a bit where he powerbombs Kushida quite early on off the, you know, Kushida is, is hanging onto the ropes on the wrong side of the ring, yeah. if you like. And uh, Hiromi Takahashi is, behind, is beneath him and he pulls him down into, <laughs> a, into him. a powerbomb onto the floor. <laughs> and it makes a sickening hollow thud. It's, it properly would explode. I, I can really picture it in my head exactly that moment now. I can't sort of get rid of it, you know. Oh, terrible. There's a bit where he does a head scissors on Kushida where Kashida is on the ropes and they sort of half roll out, but then they don't. And it's a fuck up. You know, right. it's not gone to plan. Mm. And again, New Japan, because of the way it's set up, people don't start going, you fucked up. And mm. you don't go, oh, I'm out of the match yeah. a bit now because I've remembered that it's all, mm. you know, choreographed. It just seems like, yes, this is a physical contest. Of course, sometimes things they're going to try are going to yeah. go wrong. That's the nature of a true sport. The beauty of New Japan is by making itself more serious, it actually makes it easier to accept that it's, you know, real. Yeah. It just it just works yeah. so well. You'd think stuff like that where it goes wrong, you'd go, that's broken the spell because they're trying to be so serious. It doesn't at all. You mm. just sort of go, that's a natural thing that happens in this sort of thing. It's it's a brutal match, this as well, yeah. just because they're the junior heavyweights. There's no sense of going, they hit less hard. You know, they hit five times harder <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, I wrote top Rob leapies. I don't oh. know why I wrote, there was a lot of top Rob leapies guy. <laughs> There is some amazing stuff here. I mean, there's there's a bit where um, uh, Kashida opens with like a jump off the turnbuck. I'm like, fucking yeah. hell! Like Jesus. By the time they get to the point where where like um, Takashi is just on the top turnbuckle mm. and he's doing somersault dives, sentons onto Kashida, but he's not that bothered about whether he's going to get near him. No. It looks great. So, no, yeah. The first one, he, you know, Kashida sort of it grazes his hand, <laughs> and Kashida has just dropped. What? It must be at least yeah. 12, 13 feet. You need to be Onto caught. his back. He forgets that he needs to be yeah. caught. And he's straight back up and he's like, you know, that's exactly what wants to happen. <laughs> are you, how are you okay? I, I do not get it. There's there's just some amazing near falls as well mm. with these incredible matches, you know, moves. Um, everything is all action from start to finish. There mm. is no let up here. No. Even when they do those great big wipeout moves. They're just both getting up and getting yeah. straight back on yeah. with it. That, and that's what you notice oh, with this whole show. Really the, do. People get do you know spots and you know people go through tables. They're up in seconds. Yeah, and it's it's continuing. And it and again the matches aren't very lot out as long as and flabby 
as uh, the WWE. There is there is no fat on these. Mm. Even though the stuff that they're doing, I think in you know in, in America, you'd be like that's a high spot. So you have mm. to give the audience time. You yeah. know you don't you don't want to just you know these are just absolute breakneck wars mm. that keep on have an amazing ability to build. Yeah. That's really the thing is you you sort of go. What's this going to be like in three minutes if I'm this excited? And three minutes from then, you're going, it's like this. You know, I, I didn't didn't know how that would happen, but here we are. Now they have a brilliant end here, which is just that Hiromi Takashi does win the win the title. The the reaction to a title change here is massive mm. because in Japan, titles have been protected, yeah. and they're still the most important thing. Part of the the thing that they're always gearing towards at every point is the sense that the belt represents the best person in the business. Mm. Something that's been entirely lost in American yeah. you know, wrestling. It's a really useful tool. If you're always building towards that thing of going, this will peak with the title match. You know, it's an easy, and, and the booking in New Japan is brilliant and innovative, but it's an easy thing to constantly be building towards. You know, the end level of this game is the title match. Mm. And the, you know, the true end game is the winning of that. In America, Everyone wins it all the time. There is no sort of, you know, the belts have been devalued so badly. And you can see how important they are to wrestling mm. when you watch New Japan. Yeah. There's a reason for every match because everyone is trying to inch closer to that belt. And you really see it when Takahashi wins it. After so many years of belts meaning nothing, you watch a little bit of Japanese wrestling and you go, that belt means something. Yeah. You know, both of them come up as bigger stars because one of them has held it, one of them has won it, but they've both given everything they could to try and be the the holder of that belt. Mm. It represents being the best. It's such a an easy tool to use so long as you haven't ruined it. Mm. You know, and it's a reminder, it's people always talk about the devaluing of belts. And you go, yeah, but I mean it was, you know, people like the stars and stuff like that. When you see New Japan, it all comes down to the belt. It's that that journey to the belt, wrestling in its purest, most basic form. And you realise how badly wrong you can do it. But, but the IWGP um, Junior Heavyweight Championship title belt thing here is a cool, cool belt. It is. It's that beautiful chrome kind of like, it's stunning. It's thick. Yes. Thick lettering Chunky. as well. Really sort of, you mm. want to bite it like a Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Uh, they often um, will, will announce as well, you know, you are the 73rd winner. And oh, that, that will be nice. something that carries you through. Again, <laughs> heritage, making it a real sport. Yeah. All those things are there to help you forget the fact that it's predetermined. It's, mm. um, uh, you know, amazing. Um, uh, Takahashi would go on to introduce uh, Daryl, who was a stuffed toy cat <laughs> uh, that he carried around with him. A bit yeah. like George the Animal Steel in about 1986. He had a soft toy called yes, Mine. Yes, I remember that, yes. Um, and Daryl was very, very popular. He never explained why he had it. It was never never a big thing. Um uh, Takashi's whole Instagram would be just filled up with pictures of Daryl. Um, <laughs> Daryl would later get married uh, to Carol um, before Daryl would be ripped apart in the ring by Bad Luck Farley. Oh. Um, I believe there are. there's a new cat that's come along who's red. <laughs> I've seen him. But Daryl's, soft Daryl's, are one of the big, biggest sellers in really? the whole of New Japan's merchandise. I yeah. like that. See, something that's not a T-shirt or a belt or something. Mm. Said, uh, something big with, soft Daryl. Yeah, something you could give to a child. Yeah. Uh, Takashi's <laughs> career did take a, a, a hiatus. So uh, in July 2018, uh, at uh, the G1 special, which was the American uh, special that they did in um, San Francisco, um, Takashi uh, defended against Dragon Lee, who was the guy who, back in Mexico, he'd had that legendary feud with. Um, Dragon Lee uh, lost, but during the match, he'd slightly botched a, uh, a suplex that he does. Mm. And uh, Takahashi had broken uh, his neck 
Uh, he'd managed to finish the match. He then um, he was out for just over a year right. while he recovered. Um, he came back for, a, 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 I think, at the following year's Wrestle Kingdom, um, which must have been not next year's, but the year after, against Will Ospreay, right. where he can he just did loads of moves. We landed on his head and neck. I mean, <laughs> you know, Christ. I mean, I, it, it really was learned. that was actually one of the harder matches to ever watch. Really, knowing what he'd gone through, yeah. um, he is doing fine. He's never quite been at the same level as he was when he came back here when he was just red hot. Mm. But um, I, I think he's a brilliant wrestler. Um, Kushida signed with the WWE in April 2019. Uh, he's in NXT at the minute. He's finding his feet. Um, they're beginning to learn that. You know, you can just, you know, bring in Japanese stars and use them well. Yeah. Rather than just sort of squander them and treat them like everyone else. Mm. Um, He is, it seems to be doing better at the moment than he has for the rest of his run. Mm. So um, it's nice to see he hasn't changed his gimmick in any way. He is still just Kushida. Um, And uh, we wish him all the very best. (laughs) I like the fact that every, um, I kind of started to notice around about this match, every wrestler who loses gets an ice pack. Yeah. At the back. And it's like, it's so funny. I wonder if it's the same ice pack. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I, I, I would, I mean, you know, this is absolutely worth worth saying, looking at my notes now. So I don't think there's ever been a show that has had a better run of matches than Kushida versus Takahashi. Yeah. You then go on to Shibata versus Goto. You then go on to Naito versus Tanahashi, mm. and then you have the main event of Akada versus Amiga. Amiga, though, if you're gonna like go, oh, I can't really be bothered to watch this Wrestle Kingdom thing. I don't like the Japanese, or you know, <laughs> I meant the language from the people. <laughs> um, you know, then if you do sort of need to only watch half of it, start with that uh, that light heavyweight oh, it's, match, it's an, it's, it's and an then astonishing you just watch it it's through incredible. the rest. It's just nuts. Uh, the next match, match number eight, is um, the never openweight champion uh, Katsuyori Shibata versus Hiroki Goto. Mm. What did you make of this? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, probably this last match, but also this one, it was just this is where it all started to click. Mm. Um, there was it was a situation where you where nothing, there's no extraneous parts. There's very little interference from outside. You know, even in the main event, like there's there's a little bit of interference, but not really. There's just a couple of tables getting set up and people are chatting and stuff. Mm. But in this one, like, again, it's perfect. There's mm. no dicking about. There's no long promos. There's no kind of like, the, 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 I don't need to know the story necessarily because to be quite frank, if you are a casual, if you are watching wrestling every day, fine. You know all of the ins and outs and how they've kind of how the how the how the story writers have managed to get there, but in this situation, like I don't need them. You don't. So so for for watching like every show every year, I do. I don't need the exposition that we get from the WWE. Yeah, and it doesn't. And this show, if you'd have put any exposition, it would be about six hours long. But this is pure unadulterated um, wrestling. It's it's amazing, isn't it? It's it's uh, there, there, there's something I think about this match, which is. It's worth me saying, and I think this is heresy uh, to a lot of people, Katsuyori Shibata is not a wrestler that I particularly enjoy watching the matches on. Right. He's very stiff. He is very much a sort of a throwback to the mid-90s where you know the, the wrestlers were very tough but sort of unflashy and relied more on taking a pummeling and coming back rather than, you know, great psychology or sort of, you know, smart moves. Mm. Hiroki Goto, big man who never quite broke through to the top echelons. Uh, He is also one of those guys who I 
slightly, if it's someone I like and they're against Goto, I'll be like, I might just skip this one. <laughs> they are two quite meat and potatoes wrestlers. And right. I don't mean that in a in derogatory way. It's just that is a style that I've seen a lot of over the years and I can find it a bit straightforward. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. But this, I would say, as a pure wrestling match, I think it's almost impossible to beat. And I think for both of them, something magic happens in this match. Um, they had known each other for a long time. So they were at high school together, Aww. which is sort of fascinating. Um, Shibata is, uh, uh, his nickname is The Wrestler because he is nothing more than that. <laughs> and, and, and I think, you know, he is the, the very best that The Wrestler can be. Mm. Um, he debuted in New Japan in 1999. Um, he was alongside fellow rookies Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura. They were known as the new Three Musketeers. So they were replacing the early 90s version, which was Keiji Muto, uh, Masachono, and Shinya Hashimoto. Mm. So they were three guys who New Japan were like, you are going to be the stars of the next generation. Um, he has a sort of sort of gimmicklessness to his gimmick, <laughs> which is he's a bit like Antonio Inoki in the 70s. He has black trunks, he has black boots, and he comes out with a sort of towel around him he's like a really old-fashioned mm. wrestler um he is very famous for being stiff and he is stiff in the ring gives him a sense of being real compared to some of the other people that, you know who, who are who are around yeah he also seems to have a sort of mean streak which is part of his character and i think part of who he is <laughs> and there's a slight thing in the mean streak that i sometimes find his matches cross over from being pro wrestling to something that's more like a cross between MMA and wrestling. Mm. So even though you're in the parameters of the, the, the predetermined, 
I think sometimes the moves that he's doing are a, a bit too real. Right. It's a funny thing about I don't necessarily want to see shoot matches. Mm. I want to see wrestling. That's what it says on the market. But you'd like to get up to the line a little. <laughs> I don't mind not knowing. Right. It's when I go, he's actually just punching him as hard as he can. You know, <laughs> Shibata seems like the sort of person who is more than happy to dish it out and take it back. Yeah. But there is a part of me where I go, it's a fundamental part of wrestling <laughs> that you don't just go... It's half the craft, isn't it? Exactly. Really? This is no craft. Look, watch me do it. You know, <laughs> Ow! You know, exactly Mom that. Just hit me. <laughs> I was wrestling you. <laughs> um, in 2000, and this is not particularly related to the fact he's stiff, he was involved in a match in the 2000 Young Lion Cup where he hit a, a, guy, a wrestler called Masakazu Fukada with a flying elbow drop. And Fukada um, actually went into a coma fairly Jesus. quickly and he died four days later. Wow. One of those awful burdens to carry around, being one of those people who is you know, within a predetermined sport, mm. you were involved in a match in which one of the competitors died. Um, whether or not that was a massive effect on Shibata. Of course it must have been you know, to some degree, but um, the, uh, he made the decision and whether it's, again, I see, I think this is all part of that mean streak thing. He seems to me like a bloke who is just very uh, sort of, I don't know, like he sort of goes, wrestling is not, not, you know, I'm better than wrestling. Yeah. That's what it comes down to yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like people who are like, I do this, but I could actually be doing something else. Mm. I hate it when the Undertaker's all like, if UFC had been around, I'd have done that. Yeah. Well, do you know what, mate? No one would fucking remember you. <laughs> you know, A, you'd be called Mark Calloway. B, the UFC <laughs> was a mess back in the early 90s. See, you were the fucking Undertaker. You're, you're like, oh, I'd rather have done something else. Yeah. Have would some, you? Have some respect. Have some fucking respect for the wrestling gimmick that gave you everything that you own. <laughs> and I slightly find that with Shibata. Shibata leaves New Japan in 2005. Pretty much, you know, a terrible period for the business. But rather than being like Tanahashi, who stays and basically brings the business up with him, mm. Shibata heads off. He goes to the Japanese independence at the start. And in 2007, he does go into MMA. He's not great. So right. he has four wins and 11 losses. Mm. He returns to New Japan many years later in 2012. But he did remain independent. He refused to sign a contract with them. He was working other places at the same time. And what he began having there was a big, long feud with Goto. They had some big marquee matches. You know, they had draws, which, you know, obviously showing that they were, like, on the same level. There was nothing to sort of put between them. Um, He didn't actually sign a contract with New Japan until 2016, which meant he'd basically been out of New Japan for 11 years. Mm. Even when he was working there from, you know, when his first return... He just wouldn't sign a contract. Right. And there's something about him. I don't know what it is, but I always, when I know stuff like that, I slightly go off people. I yeah. don't know what it is. It's because they're almost like going, this isn't for me, mm. you know. But if it isn't for you, why are you in there hurting people? <laughs> you know, why don't you go home? <laughs> you know, now Goto is one of those guys as well. He's also a very hard-hitting guy. The closest parallel will be Tomohiro Ishii that he is this big, strong guy, and they've never quite pulled the trigger on him. Goto has really been further than Ishii, and I don't think that is the case. That should have been the case, because I think Ishii is much more sort of exciting and dynamic, mm. and, uh, and I love him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but him. what this match made me think of it is that, that, that period of uh, an earlier New Japan, where the, the main events, this seemed like a very, very big main event from 1997, mm. um, you know, or the early 2000s, where these two guys who are slightly lacking in charisma. Yeah. They go together. It starts and you go, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll work their socks off. And then within 10 minutes, you're like, I cannot take my eyes off this. <laughs> and the build of this match 
is just phenomenal. Mm. Some of it does come down to sections where they are just punching each other, Mm. where they are hitting each other as hard as they can. And (laughs) that's part of their tough man thing. And the crowd (laughs) love it. Uh, But look, the, the last 10 minutes of this, I think you could hold up with any wrestling match ever and just go, what is better? And I think you'd watch this and you go, I think it is that one. You know, it's, it's so electric. Mm. It's, um, it's just uh, thrilling. <laughs> Probably worth me saying that part of the reason I don't like the stiffness in Shibata's matches yeah. is with the benefit of hindsight. Mm. So April, after this match, he has a match against Okada uh, uh, for the IWGP Championship. And they'd been going about 30 minutes and there was a bit where Okada hits his finishing move uh, on Shibata, yeah. the Rainmaker clothesline. And Shibata gets straight back up, which he does again and again in this match with Goto, which is really thrilling, where he's just like <laughs> no selling stuff. Yeah. He got straight back up and he just looked at Okada and then gave him a proper full-on headbutt. Jiminy. Boom. There was a horrible noise. And yeah. it, it literally, I mean, it's been described as like a, a melon falling to a wet floor. Oh, yeah. That was the noise. Blah. Ripples. Yeah. Um, Akada goes down, and Shibata just stands there smiling at him, and a thin trickle of blood just appears on Shibata's forehead and runs down with the sweat. Shibata loses the match. Following it, he collapsed backstage, uh, and they rushed him to hospital. He, they discovered that the headbutt had given him a subdural hematoma. Fucking hell. So he'd burst a blood vessel in his head, yeah. and the blood had then just flooded his brain. Jesus. So he was taken for emergency surgery. This sort of injury, you do not get by doing it once. Mm. You get it by doing a headbutt again and again and again and again. And he'd been doing that regularly since the summer of 2016. So every time you watch an old Shibata match where he's being stiff, you are watching the cumulative damage that will end up with him having that subdural hematoma. Right. Just basically flood his brain. So how do, I mean how can you do a headbutt without really without hurting somebody really bad? You can't. You, right? you can't. The, the only way you can do it is you can do a headbutt to a part of the body that it wouldn't hurt. So yeah. you can see in this match with Goto, there's a bit where they exchange headbutts, but they're actually headbutting each other's sort of shoulders, yeah. shoulder blades, mm. things like that. They're not doing their heads. If you yeah. do it on someone else's head, yeah. you are just a shit head. Yeah. You are a shit mm. head. Um, what happens with Shibata is that he. Uh, begins to then, you know, he gets paralysis on one side of his body. And they believe that was also slightly down to dehydration. But within a week, um, it was reported Shibata would never be cleared to wrestle again. Um, that it was, what, three years ago? Uh, he has never wrestled again. Right. He never will wrestle mm. again. Um, they made him a coach at the LA Dojo in America where he trains sort of, you know, Americans who are basically coming through the New Japan system. Um, he has spoken about it. He's, he made his first appearance back in uh, the G1 Climax Finals, and people were shocked at how unwell he looked. Right. He no longer looked like the wrestler. He was very uncertain. Um, he, he came back into the ring, and he tearfully he shouted, I am still alive. That is all. And that was really it. Yeah. He had no long-term prognosis. He mentioned in an interview that he uh, has had double vision, which basically goes back almost the start of his career from taking damage to his head. And so he's never even been able to see. He's had three operations done on it. But this is all just sort of, the man is just... A lunatic. I mean, I Sorry, mean he's I done Jesus some dangerous Christ, stuff. Man. And every time, you know, when I watch a Shibata match where like, he's stiff... What are you stiff, doing? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? You're watching, you're watching a man having a terrible life-changing injury 
and you're watching it by in degrees. increments, yeah. Yeah, and I, it's just uncomfortable to watch. Um, I, I got to see him, I think, the year before he retired mm. um, in RevPro, where he was wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., British wrestler, very technical. He wrestles an entirely different style to anyone else because he's so technical you don't do anything physical. That, that's not to dim- diminish what he does. He's an astonishing performer, but he's so low impact. Mm. It's all about holds and, mm. uh, you know, stretches and things like that and submissions. And it's an entirely safe thing. So I got to see Shibata wrestle, but not in a way that I actually, I, I, you know, I'm glad I didn't see part of that spectacle of him just basically belting seven shits out, of, you know, seven shades of shit out of his head mm. for entertainment. It is a horrible thing to watch. Yeah. That match is spectacular. It's really good. The problem with anything about Shibata now is the hangs over it. The, the prism of him being incredibly pr- well. Of his future tragedy. Yeah. yeah. That, oh. is, uh, that is rancid. Sobering. Like, that is rancid. Match number nine. Mm. The IWGP Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito versus yes. Hiroshi Tanahashi. I call Tetsuya Naito Mr. Saturday Naito because he's dressed <laughs> like Mr. Saturday Night uh, in the VTs. He's dressed in this beautiful uh, kind of you'd call him kind of like a like a like a host like a host effectively. Yeah, um, you know those hosts that hang outside and they dress like um, Saturday Night Fever kind mm. of. Kind he of he comes to the ring in a beautiful plum coloured suit. <laughs> it's a really a really good look. Yeah, uh, very very rough setup here. What you have in Tanahashi is essentially New Japan's John Cena. <laughs> right okay what you have in Naito is the Roman Reigns and he's the Roman Reigns because a few years before they tried to make him the next big star mm. and the audience rejected it right so he has returned uh, with a fucking attitude <laughs> uh, it's it's lovely this now that diminishes what they are because they are far more than that and mm. certainly Tanahashi is far more culturally important in Japan than John Cena is in, in America. Mm. Um, Tanahashi is the ace. He's the record-setting eight-time IWGP champion. He was won the G1 tournament three times. So at the time this took place, he'd won it twice. Um, he was a Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer in 2013, while his career was still absolutely at his zenith. Yeah. Um, he was named Wrestler of the Decade by the Observer, most charismatic of the decade for the 2010s. A Japanese wrestler is named most charismatic <laughs> out of all the wrestlers in the 2010s. Um, he was the man, really, who, who spearheaded the revival of New Japan from bankruptcy in the mid-2000s into becoming the number two organization in the world, which it is today. Mm. Um, his favorite, favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels. Right. You can see a lot of Shawn Michaels... You know, little bits have been taken. The Zooey Deschanel top knot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the slightly sort of, you know, blonded... Bits mm. and bobs. The yeah. uh, the he also. I mean, he he was seen when he first came along. And he did this quite early on in his career as being a massive innovator in wrestling because he would say to fans, "I love you" when they cheered him, <laughs> and he would play an air guitar. And uh. the Japanese were like, "That is very unusual. That is absolutely <laughs> astonishing." Um, it was really unusual for a Japanese high level star to show that level of sort of warm charisma mm. uh, until Tanahashi came along. Uh, he debuted in 1999. He was part of this new uh, Three Musketeers. Um, uh, the uh, New Japan gave him immediately big wins over some sort of big established stars. After that, he got put in a very popular tag team with a guy called Kenzo Suzuki, and they were named the Kings of the Hills. <laughs> Kenzo Suzuki is 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 funny. There are two two good stories come out of this, and unusually for a big Japan star, a little bit of scandal here. Oh, hello! So the tag team came to an end when Tanahashi was stabbed uh, in the back Piss by blood. no oh. no by Hitomi Hara, 
who was a news reporter for TV Asahi. Wow. So uh, they had had a relationship. They'd been dating one another. Mm. And uh, he had gone to her Tokyo apartment to say, the relationship is over. I don't love you. I'm seeing someone else. <laughs> and she then um, tried to, she stabbed him a number of times. Jiminy. Um, she said she had planned to commit suicide afterwards. Um, didn't say why she didn't. I mean, it's one of no, those things. I guess, but the, the court said you know, they charged her with attempted murder. Mm. Uh, but the court um, did say she was very emotional at the time. And so they sentenced her to four years of probation. Amazing sort of result. That's, yeah, he's doing well, huh? Yeah. Um, Tanahashi did get hospitalised, um, but he recovered. And the incident made people really like him. He became a big mainstream name. He'd been stabbed by <laughs> a love rival. And you're a bit like, if that's quite Shawn Michaels he, I suppose. You know, that seems, <laughs> the heartbreak kid. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah. People wanted to see him return, and his return match was a huge sellout. Um, he did really well. What's funny is the WWE have noticed all this. Mm. And they have sent someone over and they basically said, apparently there's this really, really hot Japanese star. He's in a tag team called King of the Hills. Uh, everybody loves him. Oh, and they, they go, get the wrong run. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, so they went in and they ended up signing Kenzo Suzuki. Like a sketch. Kenzo Suzuki had the worst run in WWE <laughs> from 2004 to five. Uh, he ended up doing uh, rap battles with a pre-famed John Cena. Um, and That's all he, he deserves. Feuded with Billy Gunn. Right. It is, it's uh, okay. There is a funny thing about you'd watch this if you were Kenzo Suzuki and you go, see how my mate Tanashi's getting on? <laughs> and the first thing you see is fucking Billy Gunn running out and you're going, well, that is a slap in the face. <laughs> it's a, um, they had actually, the WWE wanted to rename him Hirohito as well. Oh, uh, but they, they decided not to. And, and, and this is the tens. Yep. It's not even that long yep. ago. Not long ago yep. at all. Uh, Kenzo yep. Suzuki. I mean, it, the WWE run ruined his Japanese career. Mm. So he was he he was all set for a good a good, you know, career in some way. Mm. Um he never ever returned to New Japan. When he he's been working in all Japan pro wrestling for the last ten years. They 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 are much smaller than they were in their heyday. And Kenzo Suzuki is like a forgotten man. Right. So sad. He must have thought I fucking lucked out there. <laughs> I bet they were after Tanahashi. <laughs> ah, who's 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 having a good time now? <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. Oh, I'm not doing anything. I love you. <laughs> um, but for the last decade, Tanahashi has just been the number one performer in Japan. He's a hardworking champion. He's an amazing big match performer. Mm. He's an amazing regular performer. He's the professional face of the company. Yeah. Everybody fucking loves him. Ah, except for one person. Isn't oh. it? His name is Tetsuya Naito. <laughs> and so in 2013, they, tr they, they basically had Naito came back from a, an injury. And New Japan decided to push him. And they did that by having him win the G1 Climax, annual tournament, biggest, toughest tournament in wrestling you know, every year. Yeah. Produces some of the best matches every year without fail. And Naito ends up beating Tanahashi to win the whole thing. Mm. And he was really quickly rejected by the New Japan fans. They just, they didn't, he, he got booed when he actually won over Tanahashi. We know what Japan is like. An audience to actually boo someone yeah. who has worked very hard and been honest and decent <laughs> is an unusual thing. Seeing how the fans were reacting to them, and this is very much what the WWE should learn from, <laughs> New Japan just went, we're going to change everything. Mm. So the winner of the G1 often gets the Wrestle Kingdom main event. So they announced a fan vote to decide whether or not the IWGP championship match between uh, Tetsuya Naito and Okada or an intercontinental match between Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura and yeah. Tana Tanahashi, which one should be the main event? Well, 
they've never ever done it that the main title which Naito was going for has not been the main event right but the fans voted for the intercontinental one <laughs> so that Naito did not get his main event at Wrestle Kingdom 8 <laughs> so he'd been relegated essentially that's how unpopular he was yeah that they moved the main event down one that's incredible because the fans had turned on it so badly yeah so he doesn't win the belt from Okada you'll be unsurprised to hear the booking <laughs> is not mental and he basically goes to, as we talked about with, with um, uh, Hiromi Takahashi, he goes to Mexico yeah. and they go, let's have a bit of a break. So while he's there, he joins a heel group called Lots in Gobernables. Mm. And he basically, when he comes back, he has this image of this heel character who is part of the ungovernables of Japan this time. So he comes back with a sort of new look, but most importantly, a new attitude. He's obviously not had the greatest time in Mexico. His skills are, are, you know, without without compare. But he's got a new move that he does, and he does it throughout his career from now on, where he opens up his eyes, yes. where he does that and looks sort of up at the sky. <laughs> that is called uh, Abre Les Los Ojos, which is open your eyes. Right. And he developed that where he widens his eye with his thumb and his index finger because local Mexican fans would continually hold racially abused chants at him, uh, which were to do with his eyes yeah. being more narrow. Right. So his thing there is opening up his eye oh. and it's also a big fuck you to the fans yeah to the racist fans yeah don't hear so much about the racist mexicans do you no i was disappointed by that i mean i think have it, they not I suffered think... enough <laughs> they then have to deal with the poison of internal racism yeah i think um i think people from the east get that fucking everywhere and and a lot this year, I imagine. Mm, yeah, I should think so. Christ. Mm. Um, uh, we, what's interesting is his move, which is a fuck you, and, and there is a certain amount of you know that is if you like Japanese pride, yeah. that you are you know doing that. The um, it's been his taunt has been taken since then by the baseball player Shinosuke uh, Ogasawara, mm. and also. Yuki Kashiwagi of AKB48. Oh, nice. So the, the, uh, the pop little, of pop little band. Girl, little girl band yeah, from Akihabara. She has been rocking the Abre <laughs> Los Ojos. Um, when he comes back, he has you know, got this new heel attitude and people immediately fucking love it. And they are like, this is great. He uses the fact he was rejected by the fans as the motivation to sort of go, I'm going to be huge and I'm going to do it with no respect for you people yeah. and what he does is when they give him this belt which he wins from um, the intercontinental belt which he wins from michael elgin he just has a series of matches that are astonishing the quality of them is off the scale throughout 2016 but he begins treating the belt with no respect <laughs> so he will bring it to the ring and he'll knock it and smash it on tables as he's coming down and he'll just chuck it up in the air and it'll fall on the floor and he'll walk over it and again it's just it, it's it, weirdly when you watch that you are like that is quite strong yeah I don't know someone's why that's made so that. strong I mean that's a piece of engineering yeah someone's made that yeah and, he's, and he knocks it craftsman. about it would all be battered it would be yeah. cracked it would have like lumps <laughs> coming off it and he'd put it in the ring and he'd chuck it in and he'd sort of like kick at it it was all brilliant. Yeah, you know, he just wonderful. Oh, so good. That year, 2016, <laughs> he was named uh, Tokyo Sports' uh, MVP in all of Japanese professional wrestling, and that marked the first time since 2010, so six years, that the award wasn't won by either Hiroshi Tanahashi or Kazuchika Okada. Right. So he's really suddenly broken through. Yeah. He's finally arrived. It's three years later than what they planned. And now he's getting revenge on the man who represents the fans sort of that he wasn't able to be better than, mm. that the fans rejected him. So what a long build storyline. 
that you basically can build by going, this isn't working, go out for a bit, mm. come back in. Now you're in and look at this story. It's just so simply and beautifully done, mm. elegant. Um, and oh, this match, Pete, Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, there, there's a whole thing as well about Tanahashi as the goody-goody fighting for this belt, which Naito has no respect for. Mm. Tanahashi wants it so badly. Naito is like, are you fighting for this shit? You know, <laughs> but he wants to win because he doesn't want Tanahashi to have something he, ha- he wants. The two of them together. Now, this is, this is the problem for me for the next two matches. Right. I'm, I'm going to suggest something here, which may not be popular. <laughs> I have a thing where you cannot describe the beauty of what happens in these matches, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, Pete, let me spend half an hour on this podcast and I will perfectly encapsulate the beauty of a sunset, okay? Yeah. It's, uh, it's round, yellow. yellow. There are uh, it's, uh, birds sometimes. Birds, trees. Red, I can red see sky. some trees. Sky's red, red sky. Sometimes. Dark at the back, yeah. light there, mm. slowly going down, degrees, <laughs> right? What's Venice like? Should we do Venice? What's Venice water. like? Water. Imagine, imagine buildings, but there's water at the Covered bottom. Covered in no, Italian. Not a puddle. Not a puddle. <laughs> Stop being a cunt. <laughs> there is no point. And no. so to go through this, uh, you, you can say, oh, it's one of the best like, wrestling matches you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> how, how can you do more than that? What, what can I add to that? Watch it. Go and watch it. it it's, there's no point talking about it because <laughs> all it will do is diminish it. It's... A very beautiful woman. Um, yeah, she's got a nose. It's um, it sort of it bends out of the diminishing it. She's got rabbit ears. Yeah, diminishing. <laughs> <laughs> she she makes my belly feel funny. <laughs> Peter and Peter. Peter and Peter. Uh, that that everyone would always go. Oh, I didn't. And you'd be like, No, it's she's a lady. <laughs> that's, that's not a, a rabbit. Yes, yeah, so he's not a rabbit. It's not yeah. cartoon rabbit. It's not. Cartoon. Is it a male rabbit? Is it Peter Rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's very different. Is that different. where Peter comes from, do you reckon? Because Peter's not a name it that anyone be. has. Yeah, Peter Rabbit. She's a rabbit. And She's they're a like, rabbit and name's Peter. Oh, you look like a Peter Rabbit. <laughs> someone someone said one night, you know. Oh, Peter Rabbit. Yeah. yeah confused. I think it is. Yeah, probably is. I, I am not going. Give her a text. <laughs> Give her an email. I am not going to start trying to describe this match. Because no. you've either seen it and you go, yes. Oh, you haven't, and you're and you lucky. Go... You're fucking lucky. <laughs> you get to watch that. Honestly, you sound like Dennis Nielsen, where he's interviewed <laughs> and he talks about. Um, he says, uh, and then I played. Uh, it was obviously I watched that uh, show with uh, Doctor Who in it. Mm. And he's going, well, I played uh, the, the song uh, "Album by the Rolling Stones." I mean, I wasn't never hearing that before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess so. It is. It is not. The only thing I've got in common with Dennis Nielsen. <laughs> we live in similar similar areas. And my cousin actually lived in his... I've told you the story before, but mm. my cousin moved into his murder flat. Um, <laughs> um, Remember when he used to always go on sale and he used to point it out and go, Pete, look at this. Do you know, a bit like this. I mean, for Dennis Nielsen, if we were putting it through, mm. Dennis Nielsen would have seen some fucking sights. And you'd say mm. to him, what was it like? You know, why mm. did you do it? And you go, you, you sort of, you know, you're going to have to... Find yourself in a similar situation. Is that the man you know, who did right, Up yeah. All Night on Five Live? <laughs> Rod Sharp. Rod Sharp. Rod Sharp. That's Rod Sharp has night. never murdered, <laughs> you know, itinerant men. He's not men. even up all night. He is in America, so he's, he's, on, he's yeah. up during the day. I, I just, I'm I just, Rod Sharp, and you... I've been up murdering all night. <laughs> <laughs> if you, 
If you said to Dennis Nilsson, describe it, he goes, well, there's no, no point describing the feeling, I mean, you know, <laughs> entirely, entirely ruining, you know, the sensation, you know. I am, I am like, Den, I totally get you, mate, because I was asked to basically do a summary yeah. of Hiroshi Tanahashi yeah. taking on Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Yeah. Said, and Impossible. Put it there, mate, I'll say. Put, <laughs> no touching. Sorry. <laughs> Just, I don't know if you heard what I was saying, but actually it was, actually quite a moment thank you <laughs> hello how you doing Pete Dolls here from WrestleMeet now uh, something went a little bit wrong on the old uh, on the old dat tape on the old wax cylinder at this point in the recording so we lost about two minutes of recording which basically encapsulated the end of Wrestle Kingdom I think episode three and the start of our final episode episode four but don't worry we didn't miss any of the magic. We collected all of the tragic, and you can listen to uh, everything over on the Patreon right now, patreon.com forward slash WrestleMe, or just wait till next week, and you'll have the final episode of Wrestle Kingdom 11. WrestleMe, Mark. WrestleMe, I think you're really sexy. I know, Mark. Stop it. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.